You know, it has been since August, since the last time we had a new Marvel series on Disney Plus, right? She-Hulk, right. Attorney at Law. So it started in August and it ended in October. But since then, I mean, Star Wars has dominated Disney Plus, right? We had Andor and mm -hmm. the Bad Batch. We had The Mandalorian. Season and, three. Yeah, and Star Wars Visions. So now we're back to a new Marvel series, Marvel Secret Invasion, all right? This is our spoiler review of episode one uh, called The Resurrection, I believe. I didn't write it down in my notes, but that's what we're here you to did. talk about. That's what we're here to talk about, all right? So thank you very much for joining us. I am Kerwin. This is Keith. We are Father Son Galaxy. Thank you. I hope you enjoy your weekend. Uh, let's get into it. All right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we're not going to go beat by beat, but we're going to talk about the characters, the major characters in this series. And of course, we can't, we can't start with anybody else except Nick Fury himself, right? Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, so he's a former member of S.H.I.E.L.D. The last time we saw Nick was on a spaceship, right? This was a post-credit scene. For, Far from home. Yeah, your favorite. He was on vacation. Film. Yeah, on vacation in space, right? So he had a projection of being on the beach. I would have enjoyed being there. Yeah. I wonder why you didn't bring like a bunch of other S.H.I.E.L.D. agents with them. That's a good question, right? Maria, as far as I know, wasn't on the, uh, the ship with him. It's just him. Yeah, but so, she still had a scroll replacement. Yeah, so apparently... Nick is working with the U.S. government, Fury, we call him Fury, working with the U.S. government on a, a secret assignment, uh, some type of aerospace mission uh, involving the scrolls. So, and Nick Fury never bothered to tell anybody about it. And, you know, that's where he's been all this time. But apparently there's stuff that was going down on Earth. And he was uh, summoned by... Um, Talos. Yep. And he had to return. So he's back on Earth now. And um, he meets up with Talos. Uh, the series. So let's go back a little bit and talk about what happened in Captain Marvel. So, you know, this is when we were introduced to the scrolls in the films, right? In Captain Marvel. Aye. Right. Um, and <laughs> uh, so then, so the scrolls. Uh, Invaded Earth, right? Carol Danvers, um, you know, has something in her, uh, her her memory information that the scrolls needed. Uh, so they what whatever they needed, it was it was on Earth, located on Earth. So they took a trip to Earth, and they have been on Earth seems for a very long time. And in the movie, Fury and Carol Danvers promise Talos and his people. That they were going to find him a new, find them a new planet to live, right? Thirty years later, they're still on Earth, no new planet. So what's going on? Thirty years later, we'll find out. Okay, all right. And then uh, let's talk about Everett Ross. All right. So at the beginning of this episode, we saw Everett Ross, uh, who he's we, a squirrel. Yeah. Well, he we remember seeing him the last time was in uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. Uh, you remember he uh, was working in secret with the Wakandans, and he was Busted. caught by uh, Valentina and you know, put in uh, in custody. But Okoye ah. was able to uh, break him out of you know custody, and apparently I, I don't know where he is. Uh, well, I guess he's I'm somewhere still. I'm assuming he's captured. Yeah, 
Because um, that's what these scrolls do. They capture the original person and they take their mind and take their body and lock them up. Well, that's a very good point. You're right. We, we saw that. a demonstration of that. That's true. That's so true. They, they might end up having to save Ross. Okay. So how did Ross get, get caught up with the scrolls? We don't know. No oh, That's right. That's what we have to find out. But that's a very good point. You're right. Because there was a scene in the episode where we they find sacrifice how, some random dude. Well, I don't know if it's a sacrifice. I think the dude is still alive, I guess, or they got him, they have his brain function um, still going. Yeah, these people are whatever, kind of crazy. Yeah, for whatever reason. So, you know, all you have to do really, this scroll has to stare at a human body and then they take the form of that human and then they place their hands on the human's brain and take their, their well, memory. Not on their brain, just on their forehead. Their forehead, right. You're right. Their forehead, and they take their memory. Um, everything about that person, they are now they now become that new person. And you yep. can't tell the difference. And then they take the original human and then they attach them to this machine where it looks like there's still maybe some um brain waves. Yeah, uh brain communication going on. So I don't I'm not know sure they, why they they're doing that. They're, if they're keeping them alive, that's how they keep them alive. But apparently you're right. Ross is probably in that same situation. So we'll find out. So um so Ross was, you know, turns out that he was a scroll in this episode and we don't know where the real Everett Ross is. So Talos. Talos was introduced in Captain Marvel. Once again he was the leader of the scrolls. He was a general. Um, so he and his wife were, uh, again, needed information that was on Earth. So they traveled to Earth and, again, they were promised a, a new planet. They don't have one. 30 years later, it turns out that uh, Talos' wife, Soren, has passed away. Well, not passed away. She was actually murdered. Dead! Yeah, she was uh, murdered by a new leader of the Scrolls, which we'll get Gravik. to. Yeah, uh, we'll, I, I, uh, yeah, we'll talk about Gravik. I don't know what what he's what his deal is. Yeah, I mean he looks too young to even understand what he's fighting for. Yeah, in now, my opinion, you're on the right track. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. So we're going to set that aside when we get to, to to graphic. All right. So now, like we said, this is thirty years later. Talos and Sauron apparently had a daughter or have a daughter named Jaya. Is it Jaya Gaia? Gaia. Gaia. Okay. Gaia, all right. It was oh, by the way. So let's go back. Everett Ross, you know Martin Freeman, you know we, you know the actors. Talos is played by Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, you know, he's a familiar character for for us Star Wars. Are we blind? Yes, yes. The man in the in the white cape. Yes. The man who walked on water. Yes, he's <laughs> in Star Wars. Yes, in Star Wars. Right. Okay. Uh, so Gaia is played by Amelia Clark. Now I'm looking on the screen and I'm looking at another familiar Star Wars. Game. Yeah, Amelia Clark. You know, and I'm looking at the screen. You know, I feel like most of our main cast is Star Wars characters. We got Mace Windu, we got Director Credit, and we True. got Kira. Yeah, they're interchangeable, isn't it? Is that intentional? I, I guess maybe Probably. they feel okay. Well, this character works very well in this franchise, so maybe we could bring them over into this franchise. I mean, it seems to work. But it does get a little bit confusing that you have these characters playing multiple Not these really. actors playing multiple Not characters really. in different franchises. It doesn't confuse you, no. So when you're looking at Nick Fury, you're not thinking Mace Windu. 
No, because no, I don't really it... like Mace Windu. Okay, all right. I, I, when I look at Samuel L. Jackson, I think Nick Fury before I think Mace Windu. How about that? That's interesting. Even though Nick Fury came after. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I, you're, you're right. I mean, they're two totally different characters, right? So you can't really get the two confused. You know, the easy part is that one of them has an eye patch and a beard, yeah. and the other doesn't. That's true. That's a good point. Okay. All right, so I'm looking at Amelia Clark, and I'm saying to myself, Amelia Clark should be playing Kira. Why are we being toyed? You know, what is Disney doing to us? Why don't they come yeah, out I know, the right? Kira series? It's like they put time. Amelia Clark in a different you know, show. She like, should have been in Kira. Yeah, I show. mean, come on. I mean, it's time. You know, after we went through the comic book series of Crimson Dawn and you know, uh, the Roar of Bounty Hunters and Hidden Empire. I'm ready for a Kara series, you know? It's time for her to come back. Yeah, it's time for screen. her to come back. So I, I really couldn't get out of my head um, that uh, Amelia Clark was playing this brand new character. You know, I just to me, she just, she's Kira to me. I, I'm not sure if that's a good thing because, of course, we were just talking about, you know, we want actors to play characters that are different, you know. But I find but it I, kind of funny that, like, Gaia usually remains in human form, whereas the other scrolls are like, boop, 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 they can't decide. <clears throat> That's a very good point. That's a very good point. Very. That was very good because there was a scene, right, when she was picking up one of the, the, the gentlemen, I guess he's being let go. Beto. Right. Beto. Beto, right. And she asked him, well, show me your human form. And he shows his, well, show me your natural form. Yeah. And he shows himself as a scroll, but she doesn't do the same thing. I thought that would have been a nice salute. Yeah. But um, she decided to leave him hanging. Yeah. But, like, however, if you remember when she took him and drove him to the new location where the scrolls are living or whatever, she did mention that the ones who are part of the resistance can keep that shell on. And the ones who decide not to be a part of resistance can stay their natural selves and just stay at home. She also so said maybe, they get to leave if you join the resistance. Well, right, you get to leave, yeah. but I think you know it, that also comes with you keeping your human form, right? Because you know if you go and go out there in the world, you know, of course you can't go out looking like a scroll. You know, you have to look like everybody else. So I don't know, but yeah, you picked up on that, and I picked up on the same thing. She has not; we have not seen her as her natural form so very interesting all right let's see if we have any q a so alex amelia clark plays morally gray characters often and well but it's understandable that you saw her as cure too yeah yeah you know I, what i i honestly don't get gaia like um talos told her in no uncertain terms that her mother was killed by the very people she could she worked for that's true and yet she continues to work for them Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get that she went to mark the bags, but like, couldn't she have just taken the bags and ran? Well, you like, know, wouldn't that have been or, or or burn them or hid the bombs? I don't know. Like, done something with them that wouldn't make her look suspicious, but would also hide them. Like, well, she did say that the bags were marked, but but they were decoys. That's right. So, did she know that they were decoys or? Did she set them up, you know, to, to fail her dad and, and Fury? Um, so, and yeah, Hill. right. And then there was a standoff between father and daughter. And, you know, 
Talos is Talos is telling uh, Gaia that her mother did die by the hands of Bravik, and she didn't seem to be phased by it, and she kept going. So, all right. So let's talk about. Seems a bit cold. Seems a bit cold, right? So unnecessarily uh, so. There's probably more to the story there. SSW Network. Hello, thank you very much for joining us. All right, take. All right, very nice, very nice. Um, Alrighty. Let's talk about Gravik. All right. Okay. So now, you have a very good point because uh, we were talking about how he's a new member of the Scroll. Um, he is upset. Apparently, uh, he is upset because the scrolls had not found the home. I don't know about that. That seems kind of a, so, a weak excuse. So for some reason, he's yeah. trying to start a war with Russia and the U.S. But yes, I'm like, but why? Where's the basing of this? Like, where are you getting this from? Yeah, right. And then, as you mentioned, he is very young, so he is a second generation of scrolls living on Earth. For exactly. The last, for the last so 30. he doesn't even—he wasn't even around when the things that are happening happened. Good point. Right. So I, I wonder who his yeah. parents are. You know, his parents or his family. Like, grab it. Looks. He looks like he's like in his mid to late twenties, which is like this pause was over thirty years. So. He still wouldn't have been alive, and if he was, he would have been an infant or unborn. So, yeah, I would just like to know more about his backstory. You know, because I don't get what he's fighting for and why. Neither do I. Because everything he's saying just feels baseless. Like I get that they're trying to establish him as a good villain, but like a good villain needs to have a plot, needs to have a backstory. They need to have some reasoning behind being evil. I agree. like I get that he's trying to find a home planet for his people, but he's he doesn't even know what he's fighting for. Yeah, and if it is about the planet not having a, a home, that's Fury's doing, right? So you should exactly. go exactly. You should go talk to Fury and be like, "Why don't we have a home yet?" Right, and so then Fury can maybe build you another saber that you can live on until he can find a planet. More importantly, if it's been 30 years and Fury decided to take a vacation, shouldn't he have been searching for that planet? Yeah. Well, we don't know what Fury's been doing for the last 30 years. But the point is, right, so Gravik... Avengers and Winter Soldier and so many other movies. But we don't know what he was doing for the 20 years in between Captain Marvel and the Avengers. Correct. Right. Oh, and don't forget that he was caught up in the blip. So that's five years of oh, yeah, his life. Yeah, he was, um, he was blipped. Yeah, so that's... Blipped out of existence. Yeah, that was a part of it. Uh, and we'll talk about the blip a little bit later. Now, uh, so back to Gravik. Um, so my my thought is, yes, if we maybe had more of a backstory as to who his family is, where he comes from, you know, because it's, it, it's, it makes sense that most people who are radicalized are, are, are radicalized at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So I can see that happening to somebody who is his age, but I just need to know more. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, it if it was somebody Talos's age yeah. that was fighting for this, that would make more sense. Because yeah. they would have been, been like a teenager at best when these things happen. So they would have had a bit more of a moral understanding of the events that took place and like why the scrolls don't have a home. Whereas Gravik, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing here. 
one of these things is not like the others. Well, we're going to find out more information, I hope. You know, Possibly. Because, yeah, because we need to know, okay, well, why Russia and the United States? Why is he trying to start a war between those two countries? We don't know. And, and if this is 2025, I mean, I don't know. Okay. You think, you think Russia's still at war in mm. the MCU? I Well, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. We'll find out. I mean, this is only episode one. You know, we yeah, there there are a lot of questions that are left unanswered, which is fine. You know, so Alex, we will probably see more backstory for Gravik later on. I think the answers will come gradually. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with that. So it's only the first episode. Somebody better answer me. And then, and then by the way, Gravik is played by Kingsley Benadier. All right, so he's an up and coming actor, uh, very, very talented. Uh, Alex Fury's probably been busy with a lot of other things. I do wonder what Carol's been up to also and why she hasn't found them a planet either. Very good point, you know. So she also made a promise to the scrolls to find them a planet, but her name is not mentioned and no one is coming after her as far as I know. But maybe she I wouldn't be surprised now that you brought that up, Alex. We know that the next Marvel movie, right, in the theater is gonna be the Marvels, right? So is yep. it possible that we might see Captain Marvel in Secret Invasion? Who knows? I don't, okay. All right. We don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Uh, so, and then the, 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 the last character, oh, uh, no, we got uh, two more two. to talk about. So, Sonia Fallsworth. So this is a new character. All right. Played by Olivia Coleman. She's a very, she's a British actress. Very, very talented. I love how they have so many British people in Russia. Yes. I, well, I don't know. Yeah. You know, they, you know, you could live anywhere in the country if you want. Yeah, yes. but what? Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. Kind know. of a stretch. Yeah. Okay, so Sonia Fallsworth, she is a uh, MI6. You know, so she is the, you know, the the British intelligence. All right, and she's a counterpart to Nick Fury. So uh, a couple of things that I I, I notice about uh, Sonia. Um, so the scene before that, right before uh, uh, Fury gets captured, he's having a conversation with Talos and Maria Hill. And, you know, Fury says, well, I'm going to go out for a walk. They're in Moscow, right? Well, I'm going to go out for a walk. And Talos is like, you'd be stupid to go out at this he, hour. Yeah, he said, you're going out at this hour. So, okay, well, that's very interesting. So, and then... Fury goes out and, you know, I don't know if he, he gets sacked. intentionally, you know, wanted to get captured. I don't think so. I think he was just really caught off guard. And then he was, a bag was thrown over his head and yeah, pushed, they, right, um, pushed right into a van and then take <laughs> the van took off. And now he appears in front of this uh, person named Sonia Fallsworth. And then she says, okay, large black man. <laughs> Large black man in Moscow, either Nick Fury or the ghost of Paul Robeson. Okay, so so this is uh, two incidents, well, not incidents, but there's something going on here as far as uh, being black in Moscow. Is that something that is is not allowed? Like, a, you know, is a black man not able to walk down the street, the streets of yeah, Moscow at night? I don't um... know. Yeah, but I don't think I'll be visiting Russia. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is this uh, you know, 
I've never been to Moscow. So, you know, I'm looking at, you know, people learn things from what they see. Well, my point is people learn things from what they see on TV or visually wherever YouTube. And, you know, we get the impression that, you know, a black man is dangerous for a black man to walk down the streets of Moscow. You know, are you going to find somebody like me in Moscow at night? Probably not. I don't know. I was just, it was just very interesting. Why is this being brought up? Um, So, and I just want to go back and, and talk about that line that she says, you know, either is, you know, Nick Fury or Paul Robeson. If you don't know who Paul Robeson is, uh, he was an American, African-American, very talented. He was a writer, an actor, a singer, um, he was an athlete. So he was a well-rounded um, had a successful career in performing arts and show business. Um, he did have more success overseas and he lived in London for a few years, but apparently, I mean, I don't know the whole story, you know, but, you know, according to, you know, what's out there is that Paul Robeson, and this was back in the 19, you know, around World War II, 40s. late 1930s and 40s, that he may have had some ties with communism, okay? All right, so then that, so that would mean okay. So the Soviet Union, communism. So that was the reason why she, Sonia, brought up Paul Robeson, which we know, you know, it's not Paul Robeson, but you know, she could have brought up any other name. But you know, I just thought that was interesting that she wanted to, you know, compare Nick Fury to Robeson. All right, so anyway, I don't know if that's a setup for something else and a payoff later. But Is I just Paul Robeson going to show up as a ghost? <laughs> I hope not. Okay. All right. So so they're working together and you know she wants the same thing that 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 Nick does and, but in a little bit more of a shady way. Yeah, she's uh you know I you know she wants these scrolls gone. So you know it doesn't matter the casualties sounds like it you know she just wants them wiped out because you know they they're going after trying to take out human beings. You know, I don't even know again, you know talking about graphics motivation we don't know why but we'll find out all right maria hill all right maria hill i don't know how many movies and i don't know if you count how many movies we have seen maria in but she and fury are like you know peter butter and jelly they're together every time you see nick you see maria they're they're partners and you know and you know they're they, they work for shield um it's, it's interesting that, you know, we've seen Maria so many times in different films, but we know very little about her. And I don't know if that's intentional or, um, you know, it's when the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it's unfortunate as to, you know, we did say it was a spoiler review. Um, what happened to Maria at the end of the episode? But is she really gone? Like, are we not going to know any more yep. about Maria? She, uh, she's dead. I, I can confirm. You can Personally, confirm it. If you well, check the wiki, they put a cross next to her name. That means she's dead. Yeah, but okay. But um, is anybody really gone in, in Marvel? You know, we've had people come back. You know, there are multiverses. So I don't know. I don't want to talk about multiverses people, anymore. Name I'm, two people who died and came back. Uh, in Marvel? Yep. I can't think of any offhand. Exactly. But that's not to say that it can't happen. 
Now you put me on the spot. Now I'm sure there had to be somebody. She's been who, in six who, movies who, who, and two TV shows, and then came back to life, or we thought was dead, and and survived. Deadpool. Right. I, I don't know. Maybe he don't Deadpool. even count because he's invincible. No. Okay. Well. Anyway. So Fury, I guess. Uh, so I want to talk about and Mar- Loki. I want to talk about Maria and her relationship with Nick. When Nick returned from wherever he was in space from the Saber ship, she. Apparently, you know, she and Nick were not talking um, about the time he was away. You know, she didn't know when he was coming back, why he left in the first place. He really kept that close to the vest. Um, Outside of saying, well, maybe he just needed some time away. But now that he's back, she feels that Fury has lost a step or two. Like, he's just not in it. Or he's not sharp as sharp as he as he used to be. I mean, we saw him at the beginning. You know, he's he looks older. He's limping. He's got this beard. Uh, he lost the patch. I don't even know what happened to the patch. But he just doesn't seem like the spry Nick Fury that we know. Yeah, he uh, he lost it all. Yeah, and she's very concerned about Fury. Um, and she had a great line, and then um, you know, after mentioning you know that he's not ready for this new threat. She says to him, you always told me that there's no shame walking away when your steps are uncertain. So check your footing. Otherwise, someone's going to get hurt, which is, wow, a precursor, right? Pretty much exactly what happened, happened. foreshadowing. Yeah, that's that's very sad to hear. And it's actually when someone got hurt, it was her, apparently. So what happened was uh, Gravik, you know, again, you know, we talked about how- What a good man. How the scrolls take over human form. Um, that was now, now, if you notice a difference here, he never came in contact with Fury, as far as I know. But he did get a good look at Fury, so he's able to take in his human form, and then he appeared as Nick Fury. So when Fury calls over Maria, and she's thinking that's the real Fury, and she said, "Hey, Maria, come over here," and then pow, and you know, he he takes her out. And then, he came over to a hill, so. And then, and then Fury, the real Fury, came over the hill, and it was too late. And you know, she was confused, didn't know if it was him that actually shot her, or was it somebody else? But uh, apparently, she's gone. I mean, I just, it's, it's just unfortunate. You've had this character play, you had this actor play this character for so many years. You had plenty of time to get a backstory from her. So that Never we can did. just she understand, just kind of you know, right maybe, maybe have more of an emotional attachment to her, to this character, and we never had that, and now she's gone. I mean, yeah, I, I kind like of feel waste. like that was a missed opportunity. She was Agreed. literally just in Moon Girl. Yes, yeah, exactly like, right. Bro. She voiced uh, her Maria in Moon Girl, Colby Smulders, right? All right, so so whose idea was that? I don't know. I don't know, but who made that call? Because I get that it's supposed to be an emotional reckoning for Fury, but like I. I'm not that affected. I'm just mad. Yeah, I, I just wish it wasn't Maria. Uh, well, they could for anyone. Or else. if it had to be Maria, that we had An emotional, emotional attachment. Yes. I had, had no attachment whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a sad thing because we know this character, but we just don't know much about Since her. 2012. Yeah. 11 years. So, Alice. Thank you, Marvel. Again, this is the reason why I'm thinking that maybe she's not dead. All right, okay, it's eh, chances are usually when when people are sitting here like this and the camera pans out, yeah, uh, they're kind of dead. Okay, all right, no problem. 
And she didn't turn into a scroll, so we know she's not a scroll. That was actually that would have been a nice plot twist. That was a real Maria. So Alex, not one hundred percent certain if she's dead, but I could see the possibility of her backstory explored with flashbacks. That is, yep, there's always flashbacks. Heavy spoilers said that Colby Smolder said her backstory would be explored. Well, that's interesting. Okay, you know what? Yeah. I feel like killing the character off and then doing backstory through flashbacks is kind of half-hearted because if you were going to go in-depth with the character, you should have kept them alive. Or if you really wanted them to die, give us some backstory first and then do a sacrifice so we kind of have an emotional bonding. I agree with that. Whereas this was kind of sudden. Yeah. Like she had a few lines and then pew! Right. Yeah. And you're right. And a backstory, I mean, although a backstory helps, but it's more about, oh man, who she, you know, now that we know about who she is, yeah. she's gone. There's nothing we can do about it. I mean, it's nice to just know as she, you know, this character is growing and learning and, you know, becoming more involved and we're becoming more involved with her and her story and her. Uh, her her characterization, her point of view, her opinions, you know, what is she after? You know, if what she's after, we want her to get whatever it is that she wants for herself. You know, all that is now gone. And the backstory is not going to resolve that. You know, it's just going to be, oh, a life lost. Oh, wow, she was a mother? I had no idea. What? Now, I, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just as an example. You know, oh, well, Maria Hill was a mom. Oh, now she leaves, you know, a young child behind that we had no idea she had. You know, and it's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, point. I yeah. mean, yeah. this one was kind of surprising. Sure, yeah. And I love how Fury just looked at her and then walked off. But he just kind of looked down like... Well, no, he walked off because he was in grief. I mean, he you hear him not crying, but, you know, like he was... He's like, Ugh. yeah. I mean, he was in grief, you know, like yeah, he was I know, in pain, he, you know, he just emotional pain, you know, walked, walked off. Well, I'm sure he probably walked off because you know he just couldn't see her that way, or maybe he walked off to try to get or her. Or you could have, you know, called for help. Like if he ran, I would have been like, okay, he's probably getting help. But you know, the slower the pace you take, the longer they have to die. I got you. That's that's. Yeah, I, I think basic time. No, I hear what you're saying, right? You know, maybe he had time to say it, but it looks like she was gone. Eh. Yeah, already gone. Eh. Yeah. Eh. Okay. I mean, we, we spent enough time talking about Maria, you know, more about her death than her life, which again, <laughs> we is, talked about her more than we talked about Nick Fury. Yeah, and you know, and we never talked about Maria any in this extended time in the period in her previous what? films. You know, this is most we've ever talked about, Maria. Now, wait a minute. Am I'm I missing something? thinking. Yes. If Maria wasn't on Saber, and she was on Earth, apparently, she might have been assigned to some other planet and just never came back. In Aegis of S.H.I.E.L.D., they explored this thing called, like, a chronicom, which basically is a robotic, lifelike version of the person you're emulating. They did that for, um... Phil Coulson to bring him back. So yeah. I'm thinking, what if that's what they did for Maria Hill? Interesting. Okay. Like if she's off on some other assignment and the thing we saw was just a robot. Well, wouldn't Nick know that? Fury would not know. Not that. necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, you know how Fury's been missing some beats lately? 
Yeah, true, right? Like, he's I feel like this slower. might have slipped by him, and huh. Hill probably wouldn't have told them anyway. Very interesting. Well, I don't know. I maybe they'll figure. We'll figure this out. Maybe she'll come back. Alex, could she have been a body double? I've heard a theory about that in some comment sections. I, I just said that. Yeah, well, I mean, yours are a little more elaborate, not just a body double. Yeah. But, yeah. A body double. I don't know. It's <sighs> it's very interesting. You know, that we're talking so much about Maria. And, you know, we're, we're missing her. We don't know much about her, but we just know that. Uh, that don't sit don't right know in my soul. This was a good idea to to knock, you know to to take this character out in the first episode. You know, after all these years, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Right. Maybe I, we could have no waited a little. I got no answer. I don't know. You know, let me know what you think. You know, if anybody has an idea what they think. Chronicons are actually shield technology. Yeah, we well, so know they would have access to that stuff. And considering it's like twenty twenty five. They would have that kind of stuff. They would have the life model decoy technology to make their chronicoms again. We need, and they use them. We need to look into that. I mean, it seems like you know a lot more than I do about it. But yeah, I think we need to look into that. That could be an. Of option. course, there were um, side effects, like when the Phil Coulson version found out he was a robot, he stopped being a robot. If you know what I mean. So we gotta look into that. That's very. We got to watch Aces of Shield now. Oh, okay. So is that when it happened? Or was it in Captain Marvel? Wasn't he was a scroll in Captain Shield. It was Aces of Shield. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if he was a scroll. That movie made no sense to what? me. Is he? Oh. I, I wasn't going there with Captain Marvel. I, you know, you know once we get anyway. off the stream, I'm going to watch One Piece, something that makes sense. Yeah, well, I think we should you know, look into your theory. I think that sounds very interesting, this uh, technology. That's out there. That's possible, uh, Mr. Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Uh, I love that theory. LMD life model decoy. Yes. All right. I love that. Theory. Somebody who gets marble like me. There you go. There you go. All right. Uh, and that's how it ends. And that's just episode one. <laughs> yeah. Bad. I'm like. Yeah. We laid out an entire plot here. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of questions that we need answered. Um, I think we need a better villain, though. Like, if they could just give Gravik some backstory to yeah. him and some meaning to his character. He doesn't seem very intimidating. You know, he's not. Yeah, I just look at this man and I think Ice Cream Man. I, yeah, I, I think maybe his demeanor. I think he's too calm. Like, he's not. Yeah, like, this guy, he, he just walks into a room. He's not scary. Like, with Darth Vader, yeah. he doesn't have to say a word to you when he walks into the room. Yeah. All he's going to do is walk in and breathe air, and yeah. you're already afraid of him because he's got that menacing aura. He's intimidating, yeah. But when the ice cream man walks across the screen, I mean, he's just very neatly dressed. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he looks very prim and proper, yes. like this British side show. Yes. You know, he's walking around. Just with his hands folded, yeah. kind of like, you He's know. Very, very calm. Very chill very in chill. a way that doesn't make him creepy. Yeah. Like, there's villains that can be chill and be even more creepy than they already were. And then there's villains where that just doesn't work for them. And I feel like Gravit could use some emotion. Yeah. I think. Like, you know, add a bit more explosive fluid to his character. I agree. Absolutely agree. And, and him, his character of all the characters, new characters. I think needs to be beefed up a little bit more. We need and to. And the crazy thing is, 
we don't even really see him leading. We see Gaia leading more than we see Gravik. Right. And she's not really doing much herself either. So exactly. That's I, saying yeah. a lot. Yeah. It's it's something's going on with these villains. I think there there needs to be uh, Yeah, I think Marvel villains have kind of death. taken a change yeah. lately. Yeah, this not yeah. badly, but like Yeah. You know, Marvel has had problems in the past with it, uh, creating effective villains, mm -hmm. you know. Like, I feel like Gore, he wasn't bad, mm -hmm. but Christian Bale just kind of got cast thrown, he got thrown into the cast, and he didn't have that fulfilling of a role, in my opinion. Yeah. 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 All right. So I'm I'm hoping uh, these villains. Like Kang and Quantumania, how we just got comically shredded. Like I, I get that they're using yeah. that as a segue to bring in every scroll in the universe, uh, Kang, Kang in the yeah. universe, mm -hmm. which made no sense. Well, yeah, because I'm like, why is there an international council of scrolls? Uh, dang it! Why do I keep saying scrolls? An international council of Kangs. Yes, right, right. We'll see what happens with that. So, uh, as we close, you know, let us know if you have any final Q and A. Uh, let's bring it up. So, Mr. Jeff says, I think Gravik will be revealed to be Fury's son. He had with a scroll woman. Interesting. Who? <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Okay. Mr. Jeff, I can see that happening. I think that's why he came back. Yeah, you know what? I don't think oh. he knows scrolls like that. Yeah. I don't think he knows them well, like that. I don't think he cares that much either. Well, I, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I. Fury has a has a, a deep connection with the scrolls. I oh, mean, if you whoa. see his relationship with Tawos, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like I, these these two gentlemen, they seem to have a close bond. You know, when they first meet after all these years, how they you know butt heads, they yeah. touch heads. Give me give me an age estimate on um, Gravik. I would say he's in his late twenties. And so that would mean Fury had a kid in like, like around thirty years ago. Like, like around the time when he promised 1992 a, uh, or 1989, I don't know. Yeah, well, if you just think about the timeline, yeah, for Marvel, I'd say like 1980, 1985. Well, 95. But if you look at the timeline, you know, according I know, to the timeline, here, I want him to be older so I can have this bit of my theory. You want the, but like Gravik to be older? Yeah, because Kingsley Benadir is like 30. 37 in real life. Is he so. 37? Wow, I didn't know he was yeah. that. Wow, okay. I thought he was he, looks, he looks much younger. Yeah, he does. I, yeah. So, okay. I'm just trying to see if I can fit it into my theory, but my point would be, like, it would, it's, it has to be after he met the scrolls and promised to find them a planet, but, like... Agree, agree. I mean, is anything is possible. I, like I was saying, I, he, you know... Nick has this deep connection with the, with the scrolls, right? Especially with Talos. So, who knows? Oh my and, god! And he's been away. Well, I mean, he wasn't on Earth, so I don't know exactly when. This child like would have been seventy. Yes, well, well, he, that's if he had to be if, about if you're comparing uh, Samuel Jackson's age to his character. They may not be the same age. Yeah, but I'm talking about Nick Fury. So okay. he had to be around 25 to 30 in Captain Marvel, and then 30 years later was Avengers. So then you figure about 10 years after mm -hmm. Avengers would be Secret Invasion. So that means he's around 70, which is which amazing. is around the, the same age as Samuel Jackson. So that mm -hmm. could check out. That I think Samuel out. Jackson was 60. 
No, he's in his, he's, he looks good for his age as well. Yeah. 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 Very good. That Capital One money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Capital I One. I can't with you. Yes. <laughs> so Fury has some sort of connection. Mr. Golf's Jeff, I'm sorry. Did I call him Golf? No, you called like him Jeff. Oh, Mr. Jeff. Okay. Mr. Jeff. Uh, Fury has some sort of connection with Gravit. They mentioned that he knew him before. Huh. I didn't pick up on that. Anything is possible. I, I, okay, well, I find it to be kind of a plot hole that Fury would have a kid. Yeah, we. They would that have would to even explain muddle. Exactly. That would have, that would have twiddle beetle paddle puddle muddle this story even more. Not really. Because that would mean he's half bred. Uh, true. Which would mean he's half scroll, which further diminishes the point that he's fighting for of getting a scrolls at home if he is technically half human, half human and would be able to fit into the human world. I so hear like your point. I don't I know. I hear your point. That's a very good point. I don't know. Because that just kind right. of debases his point even more. It really cuts the legs out for They would have to give us a very good explanation as to when this took place, um, with whom. Yeah. And even if uh, and, then, the, and even if Gravik was raised by his mother, right? Like that still wouldn't explain it because he would be able to fit into the human world. Like if he was a side character and somebody else was the leader and yeah. he was grappling with being human and being a scroll at the same time, that would have been like a great story. But right. I don't know. And even if he does lead, even if he's more scroll leading, like. That still doesn't make sense because he already has a home planet. And you know, like he's been on Earth for thirty years, so you think he would have adapted to being? Yeah, you think he would have figured Earthling, it out? He might know? even not know that he was scroll in the first place if he was born on Earth to a human dad, and maybe the mom went. I don't know. Maybe the mom was around. Maybe she wasn't. I don't know. We never saw Nick Fury with anybody except his Shield peeps, like Coulson and Hill. Yeah. So. Yeah, Alex says maybe Gravik identifies more with his scroll side. Could be. Or maybe it's, he's just a fool. Maybe yeah. he's just entirely but scroll, it, like both his parents were scroll. It still doesn't explain to me why he has this revenge uh, against Fury, especially if Fury is his dad, or maybe he doesn't know. Exactly. His like, dad. if this is some but, sort of Ben Solo type yeah. beat, I feel like it doesn't make sense because we haven't established yeah. anything. And first of all, he went for he went for Fury's right hand. Like he went for Hill. He didn't go for Fury to hurt him. He went to hurt him mentally on a level he wasn't prepared for. So like that's usually how it works. That's right? you, very you go after personal. The people you love or the people who are close to you. I find that very personal. Like yeah. like you wouldn't do something like that unless you truly know the person you're trying to hurt. Yeah. And I don't feel like Gravik would be related to Fury because, like, plot. Yeah. Well, again, look, it's got more questions than answers, so that's why we're getting ready. We can't wait for yeah. episode two. And then again, Nick Fury has plot armor. Like, he has plus 200 plot armor. In the Winter Soldier, he survived having his car flipped, having his windows bashed in, yeah. and nearly being crushed in his own car, then ended up in a hospital and still managed to survive. He got blipped. He got beat up by a cat. He's been through a lot. Right. He's been through a lot. Alex says, well, Batman didn't know he had a kid, and that was a point of resentment for his kid. I wouldn't be surprised if something similar with Gravik, and Gravik probably spied on his fury. Yeah, but I... I... 
feel like that just doesn't fit, because then again, that means Gravik would have been raised more in the human world than he would have been in the scroll world, which then means that, in that sense, it shouldn't have been that he was fighting for the scrolls. He should have been fighting alongside Nick Fury or just staying neutral in general because he's not even fully scroll. So he's fighting for people who he only is half tied to. Yeah, we don't know. But he's also half tied to the humans. I'm just trying yes. to figure out because the place where he was raised and the people with which he was raised is kind of the deciding factor here. Because if he was raised by humans, he'd be more human leading. But if he was raised by his scroll parents, he'd be more scroll leading. Yeah, we don't. Uh, again, it comes down to, to catch 22. It comes down to they're both plot holes. Gravic needing to be a stronger villain. We need to know more about him, which again, it's only one episode. We'll find out maybe in episode two as we go along. There's only six episodes, I think, in the series. So Yeah, um, so Gravik just kind of needs a bit more backstory. Yeah. All right, yeah. let's wrap this up. Yeah, exactly. So all right. So, so as we got the final Q and A coming in, we have right. some announcements to make. Go ahead. This past week we did our review of the last part of the Indiana Jones series as of now. Dial of Destiny is coming out on the 30th. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, as long as well as our Flash spoiler review. Yep, our spoiler feature. reviews of all the other indie films are available yeah. wherever you get your podcasts and also on a playlist on our channel. Yes. We're also going to be interviewing Clayton Tandell from Star Wars Timelines. We'll be releasing that soon. And Potathon 2023 will be September 9th, 2023 of this year yes. and we will be there we've already we're already trying to pick out guests for potathon so we're gonna get there okay uh, can i stop and just talk about these last two that you're talking about so yeah. clayton sandell he yes clayton sandell is uh one of the authors of um star wars timeline so it's a history of all of star wars from mm -hmm. the, the 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 beginning of the, the jedi the forming of the jedi to the end of the rise of Skywalker. So, so his section was Age of the Rebellion from the Battle of Yavin all the way to the Battle of Jakku. Yes. So check that out yeah. and buy the book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever you get your books from. Right. So that interview will be coming up sometime this week. We'll keep you posted on that. And then Potathon. Yes. So Potathon, we were uh, we were invited to Potathon last year to raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, all right? Um, and we did a, you know, all of us, you know, really did a really good job of earning more money than we ever earned since Potathon has started. We had over 16, we earned over $16,000 from the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So we're hoping to actually exceed that. Um, so we're gonna be back, um, you know, more information to come, but it is scheduled for September 9th, 2023. Mm -hmm. Looking forward to that. Okay. All right. And then you want you want me to go through the rest of the yep. I got it. You got it? Okay. So we are also going to be talking about one of the new podcasts that'll be launching soon. Brand the new. Redemption of Jar Jar Binks, the podcast hosted by Dylan Marin, will revisit one of the most divisive characters on the big screen. The six episode series will discuss toxicity in the fandom, race, and what we've learned from this controversy more than twenty years later. Right. 
So this is, uh, you know, it's not our podcast, but it's a podcast. This is um, a podcast as a di- that is a division of TED. Yes. So check that out, June 28th, wherever you get your podcast. Right. It sounds very interesting. So we are looking forward to that dropping this week. All right. And then we are also on Star Wars, interviewed by none other than the legendary Clayton Sandell. You can check that out on the Star Wars Fan Spotlight page. And thank you to Clayton Sandell for writing the article and Kristen Baver for arranging the interview. Yes, yes, yeah. We were very touched uh, that they reached out to us and they were interested in uh, doing a story about our podcast and our family. Um, It was a well-done article. Um, Clayton hit it out of the park. So if you have not read it, it is on StarWars.com. We can also put the link to the article in our YouTube video, under our YouTube video. Um, but check it out. It's, it's, a, it's a great honor to be a part of Star Wars, StarWars.com. Race to 1,000. Yes. We still... are less than 50 subscribers away. Please subscribe. Yeah. Grab all your friends. Grab all your friends' devices. Just, just uh, nab all the devices you have in your house. Get on all your accounts. Subscribe to our channel. Make sure to smash that like button. Right. And we'll see you next time. That's right. All right. Tell all your friends, family, neighbors, teachers. Hulk, smash that like button. You know, your pastor. You know, just <laughs> anybody. Who is not a subscriber? We need those subscribers, all right? Because a thousand is a very important number. Uh, oh, smash that like button and repulsor oh, blast that, like that subscribe. All right, thank you. So, all right, we're getting close. We're we're gonna get there. Race to one thousand, and I think that is it. Throw your Captain America shield at the notifications bell so you can be notified whenever we have a new episode or whenever we're live. Exactly. Exactly. And anything else you want to say regarding where they can find us? I'm trying to think of a Thor, Hawkeye, Black Widow pod, but I'm kind of out of buttons to hit. Okay, so. not a problem. Throw me on there at the comments button. Um, Twitter, Instagram, right. and Facebook. Use your arrow to quit the links in our description. I uh, I got nothing for Black Widow. We're done here. Okay, all right. Very I'm good. done with the Avengers pod. You'll be able to find us. All right, so thank you so much. This is very, this is a very interesting uh, into this is a very interesting episode um, so i'm so glad that we we discussed it um is again that we're, we're now we're i think we're becoming invested in this series so we'll see what happens next right? i i talked about this show and now yeah. i'm like give me episode two yeah. give me episode two that's right yeah yeah alex said i smashed the like button but broke my phone <laughs> Oh, boy. Thank you, Alex. Uh, congrats on your Star Wars interview. That's so cool. Thank you so much, Mr. Jeff. Thank you. Thank you. It was a great honor. So Thank uh, you. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. So thank you once again for those who are on the live stream, and thank you for those who will be listening to us or you know watching us. We really appreciate it. We love what we do. So we will be back next week. So until next time, take care, and, and we, we will, will see, see you again. again.